Hallelujah. Before we get started this morning, let me remind those who are watching and listening about what we're doing here at the church. In the course of this week and in the course of the next week, the last week of this year, the first week of the next year, our prayer is going to be what we spoke about last night in the sermon. Lord, what do you want me to do and how do you want me to do this? This needs to be our prayer as we seek the will of the Lord in our private life, in our personal life, in our professional life, and in our spiritual and church life. We are expecting and we know that the Lord will give us an answer. And if you enter into this knowing and expecting the Lord will reveal to this to you as well. So make sure this is something you do in faith knowing that the Lord will reveal to you what to do and how to do it. Let's stand across the church this morning and let's go to the Lord in prayer in the name of Jesus. We pray this morning that a powerful and a mighty anointing of the Holy Ghost will operate in this place and that a powerful and a mighty anointing of the Holy Ghost will operate in every place this message is heard. This morning... We pray for the Spirit to reveal to us what He has for us as individual believers and what He has for us as a church. And we pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated around the church this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to start the message by wishing everyone who is here and those who are watching and listening a very Merry Christmas. If you are listening to this after Christmas, We're just wishing you a very early Merry Christmas for next year. So with that in mind, let's turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 9. I'm going to read the first seven words in verse 6. For unto us a child is born. In our society... We can divide this into three groups. Those of us who are believers in Jesus. We know that the meaning of Christmas is not Santa Claus or Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer or trees 
or anything else. We know that the true meaning of Christmas is the child born in Bethlehem. The second group of people. They know that Christmas is about Jesus. But they really don't know that much about the child that was born in Bethlehem. Then there is the third group of people. These are the ones who really don't know all that much about Jesus at all. If you ask them, some of them might not even realize that Christmas is about Jesus. This morning, the Spirit wants to introduce to us who this child was. It is important for us to realize who the child born in Bethlehem is. Because once we know who this child is, we can appreciate who Jesus is and we can come to a saving knowledge in Jesus Christ our Lord. As we start in Isaiah 9, verse 6, a child is born, a son is given. The importance of this son can actually be traced one page back in Isaiah chapter 7, where it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. When we look at who this child is, we must start with what the main concept of Christmas is. And that is that Jesus was born of a virgin. Mary had not known any man. She had not had sexual relationships with anyone. Yet the Lord comes and he says that the Spirit will overshadow her and what will be conceived in her womb was going to be the Son of God. This is important because if a man is involved in Mary's life prior to this, then people could doubt and they could say that this was just the son of another man. But because no man was involved in this, there was only one proof for us to say that this is the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is the Son of the living God. When we look at Christmas, when we look at who this child is, it must begin with the one born of a virgin. But it also connects to the Father. For we see when Jesus was baptized, we saw the heavens open up. And there came a voice from the Father that said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This goes to what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. 
where Peter and James and John are there. Jesus is speaking to Moses and Elijah. Peter said, let's build tents for you. That's when the voice came down and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. The voice of God in both of these occasions, it has the same message. This is the Son of God. When we look at Christmas, this is more than a baby born in Bethlehem. This is the Son of the living God who is being born. So this morning, the Spirit wants to introduce you to the one who was born of a virgin. The Spirit wants to introduce you to the one who is the Son of the living God. Who is this child? If we look at Matthew 16, we see Jesus asking his disciples, Who do you say that I am? And Peter gives the answer. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what did Jesus say? Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So what did the Father reveal to Peter? What did the Father reveal to all the disciples on that mountain? What did Jesus reveal to us, those in this time? He revealed to us that Jesus is the Son of the living God. But he also revealed that Jesus is the Christ. Israel, throughout their history, they were looking for the Messiah, the Anointed One of God. In the Greek, the word would be the Christ. The Christ is more than a last name for Jesus. Who is the Christ? The Christ can be divided into three offices. The three offices of one who is anointed. We start with what we see in the book of Psalms 110, verse 4, where we read that Jesus is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. When we look at Melchizedek, he is both a king and a priest. So when God the Father put Jesus on his right hand, and when he said, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, the Father was saying that Jesus is our great high priest. And God was saying that Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. If you read in the book of Hebrews, the Bible is very clear that in his role of our great high priest, Jesus went into the heavenly holy place, there with the blood of the Lamb, his own blood. And there he sprinkled this blood on the altar. Why is this important? Because the forgiveness of our sins depends on Jesus doing his role as our great high priest. And because Jesus did this, we know that we are redeemed, that we are saved, we are going to heaven. But we also know that when God the Father put Jesus on his right hand, 
He made Him King of Kings. When we look at Jesus, when He entered into Jerusalem, what was the people saying? They were saying that this was the King of the Jews. This is important. But Jesus is more than the King of the Jews. He is the King of Kings, as in the King of the entire earth. Why do you think the Romans were nervous? When the church began to preach, as they described it, another king named Jesus. Because they knew, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that Jesus is the King of Kings. And we know, from reading the book of Revelation, when Jesus comes back, He will come back as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to rule and reign over this earth. Can I get a shout of praise in the house of the Lord? Who is this child? This child, he is the King of Kings. He is our great high priest. Who is this child? He is also the prophet. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 18, God the Father said that he would send a specific prophet, a spokesman of God. And this spokesman would speak the word of God to all those first in Israel, and then that word would spread throughout all the world. If you read the Gospel of John, you will consistently see Jesus using the line, He who set me. And Jesus saying what I heard from my Father, that I speak unto you. What we see here is Jesus the Son receiving the word of the living God. And then he gave that word. He spoke that word to those in Israel. But then what happened? Those who heard him, they wrote down what Jesus said. And it was saved for us. And today, when we read the word of the living God, we have the Spirit inside of us, revealing to us the meaning of the word. Jesus is still speaking through his word to each and every one of us. He does this in his prophetic office through the Holy Spirit. But let's add the epistles, because Jesus spoke to those who wrote the epistles as well. And they wrote what Jesus through the Spirit led them to write. And let's add the book of Revelation, which we know was given to John by Jesus, still operating in his prophetic role. When we look at the New Testament, we are looking at what Jesus said in word form. Who is this child? He is the one who spoke the words of God. Who is this child? He is the one who spoke all the words in the New Testament, revealed to us by the Spirit. Who is this child? He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Are we still here this morning? Hallelujah. Who is this child? We see in the Gospel of Luke, in the fourth chapter, we see Jesus returning to Nazareth. And when they hand him 
the scroll. He begins to read the following. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Who is this child? From the moment the heavens opened and the Spirit came down and stayed upon Jesus. He became the one who the Spirit of the Lord was upon. Let's keep going. It said what? Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. Because he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Because he hath sent me to preach deliverance to the captives. Because he sent me to recover sight to the blind. To also set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Who is this child? He is the very fulfillment of this verse. Through his ministry, Jesus went about. He preached the word of the living God. He preached the acceptable year of the Lord. But he also what? He also healed. He also delivered. He also gave recovery of sight to the blind. He also set at liberty them that are bruised. In this section, let's look at this from the spiritual light. There are those who had not yet heard the gospel. There are those who are spiritually blind. There are those who need spiritual deliverance. There are those who need spiritual healings. God sent His Son to make sure each and every part of this was done. This child, who is He? He is the Anointed One of God. He is the one sent by God to provide every spiritual thing that we need in this life. This child that was born in Bethlehem, he is the one God sent to do all of this. But not only that. Let's stay in the Gospel of Luke. Let's turn a few pages over into chapter 7. There we see John the Baptist in prison. And he's hearing the reports about what Jesus is doing in his ministry. He's hearing all the positive things. But then he has this little, little bit of doubt that creeps in. He asks the following question. Are you he that should come? Or look we for another. Then John sent his followers, his disciples to Jesus to ask this question. What did Jesus do? Let's start by reading verse 21. And in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits. And unto many that were blind, he gave sight. Then Jesus said to follow him, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how the blind see, how the lame walk, how the lepers are cleansed, how the deaf hear, how the dead are raised. To the poor, the gospel is preached. So who is this child? Let's use Jesus' words to define who he is. He is the one who has made the blind see. He is the one that has made the lamb walk. He is the one who has cleansed the lepers. He is the one who has healed the deaf 
and giving them the ability to hear. He is the one who has raised the dead. He is the one who preaches the gospel to the poor. There are those within the sound of my voice here or throughout the country and the world. You might not be able to see. You might not be able to walk. You might have something that requires cleansing. You might not be able to hear. We have a word. And the word is this. The child that was born in Bethlehem, when he grew up and when the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, the blind they saw, the lame they walked, the lepers they were cleansed, the deaf they heard, the dead was raised. Whatever sickness a person has, whatever a disease a person has, whatever a disability a person has, Jesus is the one who was sent by his Father to heal this. And today, when we have faith in the one who was born in Bethlehem, when we have faith in Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, those who are blind even today will see. Those who are lame even today will walk. Those who are deaf today, they will hear. Those who are dead, they will be raised from the dead. Those who need cleansing, they will be cleansed. This child that was born in Bethlehem, he was sent by God the Father to bring healing to each and every one of us. Does this apply to us? Absolutely. By His stripes you are healed. Are we still together? Let's add two more things in this section. Who is this child? For those who need miracles in their lives. Jesus is the one who walked on water. Jesus is the one who calmed the storm. Jesus is the one who took the five loaves and the two fishes. And then he fed 5,000. Then a few weeks later, he did the same thing all over again, feeding 4,000 more, taking very little and feeding 9,000 people. And when we look, at what we see in the book of Acts, how Jesus continued to do mighty miracles in the church. And even in this day, because Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, mighty miracles continue to be done because God sent His Son. Because of this child in Bethlehem who grew up to be what? the miracle worker. We can still experience miracles today. And there are those who are bound by addiction, be it alcohol, be it drugs, be it tobacco, be it perversion, be it whatever. Jesus came to deliver, to set those who are captive free, those who are bound by addiction. Jesus has never met an addiction He cannot handle. All you need to do is put your faith in this one who was born in Bethlehem. 
the one who grew to become the Christ, the Son of the living God. And He will deliver you of whatever you need to be delivered from if you have demons in your life. In the name of Jesus, those are gone right now because our Savior, the one who was born in Bethlehem, this child, He came to deliver those who have demons. And they are cast out in the name of Jesus. Are we still here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who is this child that was born in Bethlehem? Let's go to what John said. When Jesus first appeared, when he said, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus was sent by his Father to be the one who would pay our sin debt. God the Father sent Jesus to die on the cross, to shed His blood. In order to be our Lamb, Jesus had to be the one who was tested in all ways like we are yet without sin. That's why Jesus had to go into the wilderness for those 40 days in order to be tested in all ways like we are yet without sin. This is why Jesus faced every single temptation that we face in life. So when the time came for Him to go to the cross, He would be there as the sinless Lamb of God. Jesus, He is our Lamb. He is the one that was tested in all ways like we are yet without sin. He is the one who went to the cross. He is the one who shed His blood for the forgiveness of our sins. He is the one as our great high priest. He atoned our sins. What's meant by atonement? In the Old Testament, the high priest every year had to enter into the temple with the blood of a bull and a goat. And he had to enter in and sprinkle that blood for the sins of Israel to be atoned or forgiven for one calendar year. Then the next year, they did the same thing all over again. Well, guess what? Our Jesus, he made a better sacrifice. How? By being the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus atoned for our sin one time for every person who is going to be born. That means if you believe in the Christ and the cross and the shed blood of Jesus and His atoning work, you have been redeemed or bought back from your sins. I don't care how bad your sins are. I don't care how horrible they were. Because the blood of Jesus... It wipes out and it atones every single sin. But not only that. What Jesus did on the cross. He died a death that we would have had to die our own. The old man inside. This is the one before we were sad that drove us to sin. That drove us to do things that were wrong in the sight of God. When Jesus went to the cross, he put to death that old man. The old who we were. 
the one that wanted to sin. Jesus put that to death one time. But not only that. He brought to life a new man. How do we know this? How do we know that our sins are gone? How do we know that our sins are atoned and that we are right in the sight of God? Simply this. Because God raised Jesus from the dead. Who is this child? He is the one who would atone our sins. He is the one who brought forgiveness to our lives. He is the one that erased our past in the sight of God that does not exist anymore. He's the one who put to death the old man and brought to life the new man. How do we know this? Because this child who was born in Bethlehem, he was raised from the dead by God the Father. This is how we know this is true. Let's even go back for a second. How do we know that we are healed? God raised Jesus from the dead. How do we know that we are delivered? God raised Jesus from the dead. How do we know that we have miracles? God raised Jesus from the dead. How do we know that Jesus is the Christ? How do we know He is the Son of the living God? God raised Jesus from the dead. Are we still here? Who is this child? This child, in the book of Acts, we read that Jesus said to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father which He spoke to them. John the Baptist, before Jesus arrived, He said that the one who would follow after Him would be the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Jesus, before He ascended back to heaven, He told His disciples that He would send the Holy Ghost down and they would be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Then what happened? Jesus ascended back to the Father. And then what? The Father placed Jesus on His right hand, making Him what? Both King and Priest for all who believe. So what do we see? We see this child. He is the one who has ascended back to the Father. Who is this child? He is the one on the right hand of God right now. He is also the one who has baptized with the Holy Ghost. When we look at Acts chapter 2, the first four verses, we see the mighty rushing wind coming into the church. And all who were in it, they were baptized with the Holy Ghost. They spoke with tongues. They became different people. How do we know this? What happened later in the chapter? Each and every one of them were now speaking in languages they did not know. And they were speaking the same message. The wonderful works of God. What does this tell us? What does this baptism of the Holy Ghost tell us? It tells us, one, that Jesus is on the right hand of the Father. Because Jesus had to be there and ask the Father for the Spirit to be sent to begin with. But it also tells us that as believers in Jesus, we can now operate in Holy Ghost power. This was not possible without the atoning work of Jesus on the cross. This was not possible without us being a new man in Christ. This was not possible without God raising Jesus from the dead. 
this was not possible until Jesus ascended back to the Father and asked His Father for us to receive the Holy Ghost. But from that point on, we now can operate in Holy Ghost power. Why? Because the child who was born in Bethlehem, He made sure this happened because He loved us so much that He was willing to make sure we would operate in power as a church and as believers. Who is this child? This child is the one who said to Peter in Matthew 16, Upon this rock I will build my church. Jesus, He is the one who is building this called out assembly to be with Him through all eternity, the church. The ones He has sent and anointed to go preach the gospel, to do what He did in His ministry. That includes healing the sick. That includes working of miracles. This includes deliverance for those who need delivering. Jesus, He sent His Son, Jesus. He sent the Holy Spirit to us so we can operate in all of this. Are we still here? Let's keep going. In John 13, what did Jesus say? He was going to ascend to the Father. But then what? I go to prepare a place for you. The one who was born in Bethlehem. The one who is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right now, He is operating in heaven. He is baptizing His believers in the Holy Ghost. He is operating His church so the gospel could be preached, so souls could be won to Jesus. But He is also preparing a place for each and every one of us to be with Him. Think about this this morning. Jesus loved us so much that now in heaven, He knows we're going to be there with Him. So He is preparing the best place for us to be. This is not wishful thinking. The one who was born in Bethlehem, this child, He is the one who is preparing a place for us. But let's look at the here and now a little bit. The here and now says this, that Jesus is the mediator, the one who is right now pleading our case at the right hand of the Father. The one who is standing up for us is Jesus. Yes, the accuser of the brethren, Satan. He will say all sorts of nasty things about each and every one of us who believes. But there is an advocate on the right hand of the Father who is pleading our case. And that advocate is the one who was born in Bethlehem. The one who paid our sin debt. The one who as our great high priest atoned our sins. The one sitting at the right hand of the Father saying, Father, I atoned the sin of that person. They are adopted children of God. What Satan says no longer applies because I took care of it and I am pleading their case right now. Yes, those around you can say things, but it does not make it true. Why? 
because Jesus handled this. And now as our advocate, He is making sure that our place is maintained with the Father who is this child who was born in Bethlehem. He's the one who is going to catch away His church to be with Him through all eternity. When the time comes and the trumpet sounds, we will be caught up to be with the Lord. He is catching us away. But let me add one other thing. There are many whose loved ones have already crossed over. Jesus said that when a believer dies, they will cross from death unto life. They are with Jesus right now. So who is Jesus? The one who will catch away the believers because we are not appointed to the wrath of God. But he is also the one who when we pass from death unto life, he is the one who makes sure that life is possible. Who is this child born in Bethlehem? He's the one who's going to come back at the end of the tribulation. He's the one who's going to come back and be king of kings and lord of lords. And we will rule and reign with him. Who is this child born in Bethlehem? He's the one who's going to be sitting on the great white throne. He's the one who is going to be the judge. But here's the good news for us who believe. Yes, we know Jesus, but we will not know him as the Jesus of the great white throne judgment. Why? Because when we pass from death unto life, we are not appointed to that at all. We are appointed to eternal life with Christ Jesus our Lord, which means the child that was born in Bethlehem. He's the one we're going to be with in the new heaven and the new earth Through all eternity. Are we still here? Who is this child born in Bethlehem? Let me bring up two more areas. One, he is Lord of Lords. He is the one who we as believers, we surrender our lives to. One of the first witnesses of Jesus after his conception, even before his birth, was Elizabeth when she was carrying John the Baptist. And what was her confession? The mother of my Lord, the Lord inside. That would be the baby that was born in Bethlehem. When we look, throughout the epistles and throughout the gospel. Yes, Jesus is the Christ. But He is also Lord. The word is very clear. That at some point, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord means the one who is in control of our lives. When we believed in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection. Jesus sent the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Why? So we can live this life. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, if we follow this leading and the guiding of the Spirit, this 
Spirit will help us live this life because we will be in obedience to our Lord. And then the last point. The one that happened on the night Jesus was born. When the herald angel was seen in the sky. When he spoke to the shepherds down below. And when he said, Unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Each and every one of us, we were destined to an eternity in the lake of fire. Why? Because we had sinned and come short of the glory of God. And God sent His Son to save us from our sins. Because of everything Jesus did. We are saved from an eternity in the lake of fire. The eternal consequence of our sins. But we are also saved to the benefits that go to the adopted sons of God because we are joint heirs with Christ. Are we still here? Let's finish with John 3.16. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. The child who was born in Bethlehem. The child of whom we speak. He is God's gift to mankind. When we look at the first Christmas, it's easy to concentrate on what the shepherds brought. They brought the praise of the Lord to Bethlehem. It's easy to talk about what the wise men brought. The gold, the frankincense, the myrrh. But ultimately, Christmas is not about what we give. It's ultimately about what God gave. On Christmas, the day Jesus was born, God gave His Son. His Son to atone for our sins. To save us from all unrighteousness. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, will not face the second death, but have eternal life. God gave His Son, the one we have introduced to you this morning. God 
gave His Son for you to be saved. This morning, now that you know who this child is, there's only one question left. And this question is this. Do you accept this child who was born in Bethlehem? Do you accept this one who grew, who became a man, who paid for your sins on the cross to make you a new man in Christ? Do you believe in this gift of God? Do you believe in the Christ, the cross, and the resurrection? If you believe in the Christ, the cross, and the resurrection, you are going to receive the ultimate Christmas present that you'll ever receive in your life. This morning, we are going to give each and every one of you here watching the opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you want to receive this free Christmas gift of God, repeat after me and believe this in your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. I believe that you are risen from the dead and that you're coming back to me. We pray that you fill us with the Holy Spirit. I am saved. I am forgiven. I am born again. I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my life. This morning, as a minister of the gospel, for those who prayed that prayer and believed it in your heart, you have received the ultimate Christmas present. And you will look back at this Christmas different than any other Christmas you've ever lived. Why? Because you now have the gift of God, Jesus Christ, inside your life. And that is a reason to have a very merry Christmas. Let's stand across the church this morning.